Support comes from Austin Water, helping residents reduce water use while protecting Austin's precious resource during the drought conditions with MyATX Water, providing near real-time water use data, tips, and leak alerts. More at austinwater.org. From KUT and KUTX Studios. Hey there. You're listening to This Song, the podcast where artists talk about the songs that formed and transformed them. I'm your host, Elizabeth McQueen, and this week we'll be hearing from Vampire Weekend's Ezra Koenig. You know, it's rare that, especially as you get older and more jaded, that you hear some song you'd never heard before and it just immediately, like, really hits you, like, on first listen. And yeah, I know. I said this song was taking a summer break, and we are. I've been busy getting a couple of new podcasts ready here at KTX, the radio station in Austin, Texas, where we make this podcast, and I'll be able to tell you about them soon. But my plan was to, like, take a This Song break until mid-October, after Austin City Limits Music Festival. But then I got a chance to talk to Ezra Koenig from Vampire Weekend, and I couldn't say no. Vampire Weekend recently released their fourth album, Father of the Bride, after a six-year hiatus. One of their founding members, Rostam Batmanglish, left the band, though he still collaborated on a couple of songs for this project. And y'all, this new record, it sounds like new. The band is leaning into these influences, Grateful Dead-inspired jams, mid-20th century country music, jazz, even like Irish folk songs. And these influences were always present in their work. But on this record, it seems like Vampire Weekend is letting them be heard more explicitly. Of course, this is like a Vampire Weekend record, so there's no genre studies happening. The arrangements are still interesting and still pull from everywhere at once. It's just that you hear these influences shine through more than you could before. Vampire Weekend came to Austin, Texas for three nights on their Father of the Bride tour. They did two proper shows, and then on the third night they taped a session for the Austin City Limits television show. I got to see that, and it was great, by the way. That'll be out on your local PBS station this fall. I talked to Ezra the afternoon before their first show, and he told me about a song he heard recently, and actually pretty randomly, that struck him in a really deep way. I picked um, I Don't Think Much About Her No More by Mickey Newberry. This song I probably heard like three or four years ago for the first time. I just happened to be hanging out uh, at home and I was just playing some random like country playlists, you know, I forget where it was on a streaming service or something. And I was hanging out with my girlfriend who's like not particularly interested in country music, although, you know, she'll, she likes a good song and, you know, she she can't get into it. And so suddenly, you know, we're just listening to a bunch of like classic country songs and then, then you hear like this rain noise. And this song comes in with this long instrumental intro and it's really beautiful. And I, and she was like, what is this? And I was like, I don't know. And she was like, this is a really beautiful song. And I was like, yeah, it really is. And, it, you know, it's rare that, especially as you get older and more jaded, that you hear some song you'd never heard before and it just immediately, like, really hits you, like, on first listen. And then I just became obsessed with the song, um, after that and and i was listening to it so much when i was making the last album and even did a little cover of it for a japanese bonus track 
um, for the Japanese edition of uh, Father of the Bride. I don't know. Like, there, there's songs that you like. And you're like, oh, that's a cool song, or it gives you a feeling. And there's songs where you just really want to like. I find a song's really special to me when I want to open the lyrics and and read them as I listen, because I like to to see the words as I'm hearing it and to think about it, you know, like as poetry. And there's a lot of music that I love that where that's not the case, you know. And, and this song's very special to me because it's one of those. You know, I don't think much about her no more. And seldom, if ever, does she cross my mind. So, was it was that the the thing that kind of grabbed you the most? The lyrical content of the song. Well, it's it's a few things. I mean, as time's gone on and I've really like studied the lyrics, that's become the the thing I I, I love the most about it. But initially, I was also struck by the fact that it, uh, you know. It has a lot of the hallmarks of like a classic, straightforward country song. But then, you know, this was almost like kind of a prog country song in its day that it has these kind of unusual instrumental moments and there's not quite a chorus. Um, there's, you know, key change. So I was kind of initially struck by the uh, how unusual the arrangement was. The one part that I really love, and, it, and it's a combination of a musical and a lyrical moment, which is obviously the best when those things come together. And, you know, so the beginning of the song is he's telling the listener that he, I don't think much about her no more. Seldom if ever does she cross my mind. And, you know, obviously if you're writing a song about how you don't think about somebody, you probably do a little bit or you have some conflicted feelings about your memories <laughs> of this person. So he starts out that way. And then there's a verse where he talks about this morning at dawn, I pulled into town and had some coffee and talked with some old friends of mine. This morning dawn, Lord, I pulled into town. I had some coffee and talked with some old friends of mine. And then at some point, they're, they're just going through their memories, and then there's this part where he goes, and then I remembered a time. Doesn't say what it is, but then, then the music gets really dramatic. Then I remembered a time. And then the key changes, and this is the part I love, where then he talks about how he can see the bright lights back in Dallas. Lord, I can see the bright lights back in Dallas. As yesterday moves like a dream through my mind. So it's like a song that's very impressionistic and, and about memory. And that's kind of like this really beautiful moment that, that I always look forward to because it's almost like he's showing you in real time what it's like when uh, a memory takes over or something. And again, it's so impressionistic and vibey. You don't know what happened in Dallas. Presumably it has something to do with her. But for a second, he's back. It's like the song transported you into this kind of intense memory and you're, you're with him 
seeing the bright lights of Dallas. And I don't know, there's something about the a song that's very vague, the fact that it's kind of like one of the only um, really specific lines about Dallas. You know, when he talks into pulling, in, pulling into town in the previous verse, you don't know what town it is. And then suddenly it's Dallas. It's like this memory became real. So there's like, yeah, there's something about that moment that I think is such an interesting uh, combination of lyrics, music, and arrangement. Why were you listening to country songs on a playlist on a streaming service? Were you did you become like kind of interested in country recently? Well, country I've, country's always been present for me um just cuz of my parents' record collection. Like it's definitely raised in a household that valued art but also just kind of being into like the best of the best so when I think about my parents record collection whether it's classical music or reggae or country or rock it's you know it was always kind of like like the cool like really good stuff and and my parents were you know music fans so they would talk a lot about like what makes a good song or, or something and when I picture my dad in particular playing me music that he found to be smart songwriting and he would like clock a, a lyric or something that you know that's the kind of thing that you know a parents just, they're just talking about what they like but for a kid that can make a big impression and I remember that would come up a lot uh in country he just always loved like the the wit of country and, and good songwriting so in that sense I've always been interested in country yeah that was just like a moment in my life where I I wanted to go deeper or something specifically like kind of 60s 70s stuff that in that few year period I just found myself always wanting to listen to because I feel like that's something you can really hear on the new record I mean there's some songs that are kind of overtly sound like old school country yeah songs. sure sure yeah and, and when I went back and listened to other vampire weekend stuff it's not that that's not there before but I feel like um on this record that influence is like kind of out in the open it's you can kind of feel it a little more oh totally I mean one of uh, one of the earliest Vampire Weekend songs, even though we didn't record it until the third album, but I wrote it in, in right when the band was starting. It's called Hannah Hunt, and that's on our third album. And I always thought of that. It's a country song. Um, and I even had to like stop myself from and, like singing it in like a fake Southern accent. I was like, all right, come on, that's not cool. A gardener told me some plants move, but I could not believe it. Crawling vines and weeping willows as we made away from Providence to Phoenix. And when we worked on that song, like I remember being in the studio and saying, like, okay, let, it's a country song, but like, let's really strip it back so that it's no nobody hears it as a country song because, yeah, like that's. There's songwriting and then there's the whole presentation of music and there's times when you want somebody just to hear the song and they might be distracted by if you put pedal still on it. Whereas, you know, on the new album on a song like Hold You Now, which has this like these kind of like really intense musical shifts, putting some pedal steel felt kind of like uh, fun and something that you do want people to think about country on that song. You want them to think of that as like this half country song that goes somewhere else. 
Why's your heart grown heavy, boy, when things were feeling light? Turning this June morning into some dark judgment night. This ain't the end of nothing much, it's just another round. I can't carry you forever, but I can hold you now. And I've read a couple articles where you've talked about wanting to be a little more uh, lyrically direct and open mm-hmm. on this record. Yeah. And is that something that you also kind of took from country music? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, most most music, whether it's like pop music, country, R&B, the, there's like a straightforwardness. It's only in kind of the, the music that I was partially raised on, which is like 90s alternative and indie stuff, where a lot of people get away with like totally impressionistic vibey weirdo stuff so even though that world kind of dominated my listening at, you know at, at a key point maybe as a young teen or something you know that that's in the, the vast majority of music the listener wants to understand what's going on and it's funny you know i had to it's i've never wanted to to be um opaque or anything but you also kind of realize like, oh, sometimes what you think is straightforward isn't straightforward to other people. You could listen to Oxford Comma, one of our early songs, and you could probably, you know, say, what's the song about? And like, listen to the chorus where somebody says, why would you lie about anything at all? And say, oh, well, I guess it's about truth and communication and lying. And yeah, that's reasonable. But even that is not as straightforward as a song that's like two people in the morning, one of them's about to leave. I know the reason why you think you gotta leave Promises of future glory don't make a case for me I did my best and all the rest is hidden by the clouds I can't carry you forever But I can hold you now I was interested in like, well, what's what's it like to write a song where there's yeah, even outside of straightforwardness, but a song where there's a setting and a moment. And I think that's what I saw as kind of a, just a fresh territory for us. Something incredibly basic and straightforward, like, you know, people enjoy songs where they, they know what's happening, they know who the characters are and all that stuff. Things that, you know, anybody knows. It's not a major insight. I actually felt like it was kind of exciting and different and the idea of people like hearing our our new album and it opens with an acoustic guitar and somebody talking about like how you're getting married today. I I, I like the idea that that would kind of like surprise people even even though somebody could be like, what's surprising about that? That's how you write a song. But it's not how we wrote songs. It's not how we wrote songs, exactly. So it's all about what's new for you. Leaving now this Mickey Newberry song and thinking about the record that you just made like I can see a line because it's direct songwriting but there's also so much kind of like going on with the music to create a feeling Mm -hmm. around stuff do you feel like it um, having direct lyrics made you kind of like approach uh, production in a different way well yeah to some extent i mean you know the vampire weekend model has always been 
pushing in different directions at the same time. So, you know, on the most basic level, yeah, if, if the lyrics are more straightforward, you, our typical way of working would be like, well, let's make the music a little more surprising. Or if the music is really busy and complex, like let, let's simplify the lyrics. Because, yeah, that's part of like one of the things I value in music, not just ours, but the music I listen to, is when you feel two things at once. So even a song like this, you know, I don't think much about her no more. It's like the title is just like a sentence, you know, it's very straightforward. But then the idea that it's, but it's not simple because this this idea of like memory and whether or not you think about somebody is kind of complicated. And so I like, yeah, like when things are simple and complex at the same time, straightforward, but not straightforward at the same time, that's, that's kind of what we like so yeah sometimes the music can do can complicate the lyrics and vice versa if you're more direct in your lyrics did you feel more vulnerable putting out these kind of lyrics to the world well it's yeah it depends because i think direct and indirect is not necessarily doesn't mean more personal you never know what's truly like personal for for the artist um for all you know, it was like the song that was ignored on the album. That's the one that actually felt the most personal to them. And the other one is kind of like playing a role or something. Uh, but, but to answer your question, I, I, I alternate. Like there, there's times where, just like in real life, you know, with lyrics, you, you could be a smart ass as a way of avoiding real emotion. And so sometimes I could look at it that way. If I was being hard on myself, I could be like, well, the early Vampire Weekend lyrics are kind of like just smart ass. And then, you know, as by the third and fourth album, there was more real emotion. And But then sometimes I'll do a 180 and be like, and being like, you know, being a smart ass is an emotion too. <laughs> and actually it gets, uh, you know, it doesn't get a lot of respect in this world because people want you to perform dramatic feelings, you know, like, like like depression and anger and you know heart sickness and things like that but maybe it's not doesn't doesn't make sense to think of that as being like one class of emotions and then being like having a sense of humor being like a bit of a smart ass or being a little impressionistic is like some totally alien way of thinking because realistically in in a moment in in your day you could have those things could be very interconnected all at the same time so yeah i guess I I like the idea of just kind of expanding the the palette. Not like not thinking of one as being like now I'm really being myself or telling my story. I like to think of it more as uh having access to all these things, having uh, and in you know now that we're on tour or something and you get can play a uh, a song like Oxford Comma or Sunflower right next to something like uh Hold You Now or Stranger. I rather than think of it doesn't feel like whiplash like oh this is like one type of song this is another it kind of feels like oh yeah this is like as you build a a songbook you're hopefully you're you're kind of just building a a more nuanced palette you know something's happening in the country and the government's to blame we got married in a gold rush and the rush has never felt the same. And this is Married in a Gold Rush, a song from Vampire Weekend's new record, Father of the Bride, that has definite characters and like a setting and a situation, and it certainly draws from country songwriting. Though you wouldn't know it from the production, right? I mean, listen to these synths. 
it does the thing Ezra liked when he heard that Mickey Newberry song. It does two things at once. If you're interested in getting the Japanese version of Father of the Bride, the one with the cover of I Don't Think About Her No More on it, well, this is the age of the internet. You can totally get it. You can find a link to that on the show notes page for this episode at kutx.org or on whatever podcast player you're listening to. Sometimes you have to like swipe up or something. You can also find a link to the American version of Father of the Bride. And I'll also put some links there about Mickey Newberry, because if you're like me, you may not know much about him, but then you heard that song and you want to know more. Vampire Weekend is still on tour. They will be on tour for a while, y'all. Like from the looks of it, they're going everywhere in the world. So they're probably going to play near you. And I highly recommend seeing the show. You can find a link to Vampire Weekend's tour dates on the show notes page as well. And that's it until mid-October. You've come to the end of another episode of this song. This song is a production of KUTX 98.9 in Austin, Texas. This episode was produced by Art Levy and me, Elizabeth McQueen. Special thanks to David Sanger for his input on this episode. Thanks to Deidre Gott and Peter Babb and Todd Callahan for all they do for this podcast. And yes, it is true. Our theme song is Mahout by Austin's own hard proof. Right on. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. KUT's next AT Explained live show is April 3rd. Brand new stories about Austin's people, places, and culture told live on stage by your favorite KUT journalists. I've never gotten any specific invites from Steiner Ranch. And that's about the time Charlie chomped down on that chicken. I will hypnotize you into securing my law services. Join us April 3rd at the Paramount Theater for KUT's next AT Explained Live. Tickets are on sale now. Get them at austintheater.org. And we'll see you there.